Welcome to Living Well with Dr. Peg, where psychologist Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark explores a variety of mental health, wellness, and safety topics and shares biblically-based psychological strategies for living well and staying safe. Now, here is your host of Living Well with Dr. Peg, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to Living Well with Dr. Peg. I am your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, and I'm back with you again from Denver, Colorado. I'm here every Thursday at 1 on KLZ 560 AM. And in case you didn't know, you can also stream the show online at drpegradio.com. And be sure to follow me on Facebook at Dr. Peg to be notified of when we're live on Facebook and receive other show updates. And we couldn't do what we do on Living Well with Dr. Peg without our sponsor, SSI Guardian, who set the new standard in advanced safety education training. And if your school or workplace has never conducted active shooter training, or you want to learn more about threat assessment, indicators of p potential violence, and behaviors of concern, or perhaps your location needs security upgrades, like the proper locks that can be used to keep you safe in an active shooter event, or life-saving life stop the bleed kits, be sure to contact SSI Guardian for evidence-based best practices and existing solutions proven to make schools and workplaces safer. With SSI Guardian, you're getting the right training, the right equipment, and correct action plans. Contact them today at SSIGuardian.com and tell them Dr. Pegg sent you. Well, it's a great day, but I'm a little sad today because I found out that my favorite news anchor and reporter is leaving Denver for new endeavors, and I'm talking about Denver's Nine News award-winning award journalist and television news anchor, Taronda Thomas. Taronda Thomas, you got Hi. me all in my feelings. Oh, sorry, Dr. Peg. <laughs> we might have to make one of those videos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dr. Peg, do you love me? Are you ready? Are you leaving? <laughs> well, Taronda Thomas, thanks for being back with me again. You've been Thank on you. the show before, and you agreed to come back and pre-record an interview with me. So we, we, we're uh, airing this interview a little bit after we sat down together. Mm -hmm. And um, we're going to talk about where you're heading and yeah. some of the fun memories you have of your time here in Denver in our time together. Yes, we, we've had some fun times yeah, together. Yeah, we've, sure. we've worked together on Nine News before, and so we'll reminisce a little bit and have a little bit of fun. So talk about what's going on with you. You're okay. leaving Denver. How long have you been in I've Denver? I've been in Denver for 11 years. Wow. Yes, it's gone by so fast. Yeah. And, you know, I hadn't really thought about what it would be like to leave because it's just been a great experience here. But new opportunities come along and sometimes mm -hmm. you just gotta do a gut check and say all right let, let's do it let's go so my husband who works in sports got a great opportunity in philadelphia and we had been talking about that and decided that it would be a good time to move and we've got lots of support and yeah. family out there as well oh, so we have three children and mm -hmm. we thought it would be a good move and um for him and for me too because philadelphia is a number four market in wow. the country so a top five market so it would be pretty exciting to yes. get out there and work absolutely mm -hmm. that's amazing and so you you've got three children who've pretty much grown up here in they Denver, right? i came here in 2007 just a few months after i had my first child my son wow and you know people may not know this but when i had him i was working in richmond virginia and i'd actually made the decision to be a stay-at-home mom mm. and i thought i wanted to be home with my baby and then when the opportunity to come to denver came up for my husband i said well 
I'd be crazy to not try to work in TV there, specifically at Nine News. Yeah. And so I said, either I get this job mm. or I'll be home with my baby. And wow, <laughs> got the, the rest job. is history. The rest is history. Right, right. So your kids have grown up in front of the camera, they right? We, we many, many times they've been on camera They're ba so making cookies. Yes. And your daughter has reported stories and interviewed folks. They are so comfortable on camera and at the station. My daughter, Ruby D, she's seven now, but she started doing reports when she was five and it was just because Misty Copeland was in town and she uh, loved Misty Copeland and yeah. I, I asked for an interview and they said no <laughs> like we're not making space right now and another station has the rights for the interview but I said if you give me two chairs in five minutes you won't regret it wow. and Ruby D that was my plan to bring her in and her little tutu yes. and let her talk oh, to Misty yes. because we'd read her book together I would oh. read the book and explain it to Ruby and she got in there and she was so happy to finally meet this beautiful brown yes. ballerina because Ruby was taking ballet at the time too and the interview just it was five minutes in the best five minutes oh, I've ever seen on really TV. it really was I saw I mean along with everyone else I fell in love all over again with yes. Ruby I knew her kind of from <laughs> behind the scenes but that was my first time seeing her you know do those interviews I thought she had been doing them for years no. when I saw the Misty Copeland interview and wasn't Misty just wow. amazing oh, yes. I've never yeah. seen an adult yes. connect with a child like that yes. and it was such a genuine interview mm -hmm. and how she took Ruby's simple questions and really made them great explanations yes. for being a brown ballerina, being strong as her Barbie doll reflects oh, with, you know, yeah. muscles and how important it is to be healthy. And yeah. it was just a great, uh, that was one of my favorite memories yes. of being here. Yes. Mm -hmm. and, and most more recently, I saw Ruby had fallen and cut her head, yes. I think, and kind of had a scar and she just did just a beautiful interview about that and she what that meant back. for yeah i did yeah. um an editorial piece because mm -hmm. she had fallen she was at a friend's house and had a, a pretty nice oh. sized gash and i knew she was going to need stitches all my other children have had stitches mm. and um i was just so upset and worried about this scar mm. on her forehead and just just so broken up about it and when i realized that she didn't care mm. at all about that scar that made me think twice about what i was valuing yes. like why do i think this is so important right. when the girl with the scar is like mom it's no big deal i look cool with yeah, this yeah. i like it i say it's a badge of honor every kid needs a band-aid on their forehead at least once in their <laughs> life right <laughs> i can think of a few times for sure but she just did great with it and she taught me so much all of my children mm. teach me so much and that's one of the things i'll carry with me leaving here like all of the experiences that we yes. had and things that they've said and done and just the lessons that they teach me as as we like raise our family here. right right we try to do our best by them as parents but we learn so much from them as well they help Absolutely. us grow even you know my twins are 23 now and you've met my daughter before through especially me I think is how uh -huh. we first I first uh, yes. saw you do a speech and you were emceeing and so I learn a lot even st still today yes. um, especially from my daughter she's studying psychology and so really? she, she's getting her master's degree in psychology and she holds me accountable I don't think she's doing it on purpose she'll just ask me like why are you such and such or how come you don't just relax and I'm like oh wow. my goodness and to see yourself reflected in your children's eyes and their perception of you yeah. is humbling yeah. and it helps me to grow even still I think it's incredible <laughs> yeah. it's like they become better versions of us. Mm -hmm. I love it when our children can improve on what we've done and say, I'm going to take it a step yeah. further. My son 
checked me. He's 11 years old. And he said something in passing about the doctor, da-da-da. And I said, well, what did he say? And he goes, Mom, don't assume genders. Wow. The doctor's a woman. Wow. I was like, what? <laughs> Excuse me. I did, didn't I? Checked me really there quickly. But I love what they're learning and how they're mm -hmm. coming back and, t and teaching me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And when people call their kids their mini-me, I, <laughs> I never really like that. Yeah, they may look like you, but they're their own person. Yes. And like you said, a, hopefully a better version of us mm -hmm. and not just a mini-us. I love that. Yeah. I love that yeah. concept. And I, well, I just admire them so much. I tell my yeah. nine-year-old daughter, like, she, I, she's just the bravest, fiercest person mm. to me because she just has no fear in being herself mm. i wanted her to be a girly girl because that's what i was and that's not her like she wants to get down and dirty and be a goalie and soccer yeah, and then yeah. she wants to just express herself and be a mm -hmm. rock star and you know she's had um things that she's worked through with school where we found that she had a learning disability and she has just been the most persevering child that that i've ever met and i said wow. you inspire me yes. like to look at her and see how hard she works yes. and how she's not afraid to be herself it she is my inspiration yes mm -hmm. and it is is this the same daughter who was the american ninja she champion? was <laughs> she was the kid american ninja warrior champ just being completely fearless yes. that is the word to describe yes. her like she she is everything that i think i was scared to be when i was a little girl wow so that's great. I, she inspires me yes and then your your littlest one ruby d is a is it was it a pig riding contest or something it was mutton busting she rode a sheep, sheep that's right and i am telling you dr <laughs> Now, Ruby D, now that's my little girly girl, my little princess, and we play Barbies together. And she would be very reserved, like very cautious and careful. I am telling you, after she rode that sheep, something changed. <laughs> a, a switch flipped in her, and she just started going out on a limb for everything, wow. just not afraid. And I was really surprised because people don't know this, but she was not supposed to ride that sheep. Mm. She was just supposed to go and interview right, kids right. for mutton busting. So that's when they hold on to the sheep. They just have a helmet on and a vest and they try to hold on through the length right. of the arena. And once she saw those kids doing it, she said, I can do this. And wow. I went, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. She goes, mom, I can do this. Wow. <laughs> so she did it. In her confidence. So mm -hmm. that's exciting. Well, you've got three wonderful kids, and that Thank says you. a lot about you and your husband Thank and your you. parenting. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit. Uh, listeners, I'm speaking with Taronda Thomas of Nine News fame, and she is leaving Denver, but she's going on to new endeavors on the East Coast. And I'm an East Coast girl. Nice. I'm originally from New York, and Great. I lived in Virginia before moving to Denver. Oh, I, I lived know, in Richmond. I know you did too, so maybe, you know, uh, maybe I'll end up on the East Coast. Coast that too, would be fantastic. Yes. I'm going to recruit everyone from Denver to come with me <laughs> to the East Coast so I can have all my friends with me. Yeah, well, Denver's becoming more and more like the East Coast. I saw my news had a story the other day about Denver traffic. And it's getting yeah, so Coming busy. from New York, it kind of is starting to remind yeah. me of New York traffic. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to avoid the interstate even on Saturdays and Sundays. Yep. yep because I've been caught in traffic jams on a Sunday afternoon and nothing gets yes. me angrier than being caught <laughs> in traffic on a Sunday. I know. Well, let's shift gears a little, Taronda, because I'm sure you followed the, the tragic shooting at the Capitol Gazette mm -hmm. um, a couple weeks ago, a month or so ago. Um, talk about how that shooting affected you and your colleagues, um, being folks who report the news and who can potentially be vulnerable. You're out there as a public figure. Uh, you might be reporting on stories that upset people. The Capital Gazette story had a long kind of crazy history of this person feeling that they misrepresented him in the, in the news articles and so had a vendetta against them. 
And so you as a public figure specifically reporting the news, how did that story affect you and your co your colleagues? I think when we all saw what happened, all of us went, oh, we know people like mm. this. There are people whose names we recognize because they contact us so much mm. and unwanted contact right. or unreasonable contact where this is not a person who really wants to talk about working something out, but a person who will be angry no matter what mm -hmm. you do. They just have an ax to grind. And we've all heard from people like that. And I think when we saw the Capitol Gazette shooting, it was really, really frightening. Mm. Because to know that someone could take it that far, it, it really was scary. Mm -hmm. um, and as we found out more details about how often this person was contacting the reporters and, and how he you know made those types of threats that we see on Twitter, mm. that we see in our email inbox. Towards and, you personally. Yes, mm. towards us or towards the station. And mm -hmm. we are fortunate to have um, a company that takes security very seriously, mm -hmm. even more so in the past few years. So as you've noticed, yes, visiting the yes. station, it's changed yes, which in is recent awesome. years. And those, you know, you heard me talking about best practices with SSI Guardian, mm -hmm. who's our sponsor, and having the um, locked entryway where you're buzzed in uh, and you have to pass through different locked doors at Nine News Studios. I think that is a best practice. That's really great that you yeah. have that there. It's, I'm, I'm so impressed with all of the security measures mm -hmm. that they do take and, and how they educate us too to stay safe because unfortunately we know people like that are out there and in the mm -hmm. past couple of years they've become so much more vocal and so much more angry. I feel, I feel like uh, a lot of times with the interaction that we receive, someone isn't always, they're not necessarily contacting us to say, well, here's my side of the story, mm -hmm. and I wish you would listen to this. It's, no, you completely messed up, and you don't deserve your job, or you don't deserve to mm -hmm. be here because you didn't say things the way I want you to say it. So it, it comes from a place of anger automatically, mm -hmm. whereas I didn't notice that, you know, in the previous, you know, 18 years mm -hmm. of my career. So it's just people seem so much angrier wow. and and so much more prone to want to uh, make something personal mm -hmm. and physical mm -hmm. so it it's a huge it's a it's a huge thing for us to consider in terms of security right. where we had to really make sure security is very very tight but every station i've worked at has always had that type of you know relationship with police right, and with security right. because some people they just take it too, too far. far yeah and there's something what's called injustice collectors people who um, don't ever take responsibility for anything they've done and they're always pointing the finger blaming others especially when their life is not going well and it's they're collecting those injustices mm -hmm. to to make a case to justify how they feel and then the the actions that they may begin planning to take so they may have some grievance and they get it in their head they're going to resolve the grievance through violence and then they start looking for justification uh, and they're seeing injustices, perceiving injustices where they may not even really exist, but it's mm -hmm. their perception of it. So that's something to, to keep an eye yes. out for if you're seeing repeat offenders who are, you know, lashing out angrily um, and, and on your social me media or calling into the station angry about something and consistently um, blaming, you know, you guys didn't get that right. Keep keep a list of those folks. Absolutely. That relationship with law enforcement is really mm -hmm. important. It's And, you know, seeing that shooting, it, it did bring about one other kind of internal conversation mm -hmm. for me where it was like, is this getting too scary to continue mm -hmm. doing? Because it's not just incidents like that. It's, you know, political rallies mm -hmm. where um, crowds are told to turn 
turn around and look at us and point at us and jeer at us mm. when we're we're just covering what right. we've always covered or people you know coming past and yelling things mm -hmm. or feeling like they can get in your space and and personally attack you i'm yeah. in person so i thought about is this getting too dangerous to do mm. and then within a second i thought this makes it even more important for us mm. to do that mm -hmm. we have to keep doing our jobs because maybe that sector that gets so angry is angry because we're not sharing things a certain way because we're not being biased right and that's the consequence of that and we will keep safety top of mind but mm -hmm. i think it's more important than ever that we keep doing our job right. as journalists right and do you all get guidance and direction or have policies from the station um to talk about uh, how you're reporting the news and being unbiased. We're we know extremely that's transparent. A big issue right we've, now. We've always been transparent, like at Nine News specifically, um, but now even more so. Like the latest report I did on primary voting in Denver, um, I said, look, I'm going to go so far as to say when I'm reporting on each candidate, why I'm even reporting on this person mm. first, this person second, mm. this person third, wow. because it's the order of your ballot. And why is it in that order? Let me explain that right. too. So giving so much more backstory and context that maybe you would assume someone knows. And you know, our, mm -hmm. our viewers are very smart. So a lot of them probably already do know that for those of them who don't, it's an area of transparency right. for us. So being more intentional about giving the the, reason, the rationale exactly. behind why you're even reporting a particular story in this particular way. That's right. Right. Wow. Well, I'm speaking with Taronda Thomas. She's an award-winning journalist and news anchor with Denver's Nine News, and she is leaving Denver. Mm -hmm. And so we're doing a farewell interview here. We're learning more about Taronda's um, background, and we'll talk about her favorite stories, funniest stories, um, kind of blooper moments moments perhaps uh -oh. behind the scenes and just a behind the scenes look at reporting the news stay with us we'll be back Threats at our schools and workplace continue at an alarming rate and require an innovative approach to overall institutional safety. A 21st century safe school needs the right training, the right equipment, and the correct action plan to achieve a future-ready, safe learning environment. SSI Guardian's comprehensive, evidence-based solutions and Tier 1 Security Consulting is the only active shooter training in America with an accredited CEU. Don't trust your safety to just anyone. SSI Guardian is the only choice. Visit us at SSIGuardian.com. You can learn a lot about yourself and God from a dog. When her children asked for a dog, this mom got them gerbils. So imagine their surprise and hers when she adopted an abandoned dog that she met in Dallas, Texas, just one day after her divorce. In a way that only God could orchestrate, her spur-of-the-moment decision to take in a little dog she named Dallas was just the beginning of a seven-year journey that transformed her life and taught her to see herself and God in a whole new light. Read Doggy Tales, Lessons on Life, Love, and Loss I Learned from My Dog, a delightful and heartwarming book by psychologist Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Part memoir, part Christian inspiration, Doggy Tales is a must-read for anyone who wants to learn to recognize God's voice, even in the most unlikely places. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you'll love Doggy Tales. Go to drpegradio.com books to purchase your copy today. 
Studies show that safety greatly impacts student learning and a teacher's ability to do what they do best. Be it broken furniture, a leaking roof, or more serious threat of violence, the 21st Century Safe School by School Specialty addresses school safety from the emotional, social, and physical perspective. Don't wait another moment. Call 877-878-5800 or visit SSIGuardian.com. All right, welcome back, listeners. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm speaking with Taronda Thomas, and she is a Nine News anchor, award-winning journalist, and sadly is leaving Denver after, you said, 11 11 years. years. Wow, well, thanks so much again, Taronda, for being back with me today. Thank you for having me. Well, let's talk about uh, some of those um, accolades. You're an award-winning journalist, and um, you were voted Broadcast Journalist of the Year by the Colorado Association of Black Journalists. I think that's actually how we met. I used to do a a television program at Community College of Aurora that was on public access, and so I got invited. Someone had bought a, a table for CCA and invited me to go, and I think that may have been... Um, what prompted me to join CABJ. Wow. And I met you at a meeting, nice. <laughs> if I remember correctly, through Bazi Kanani. Actually. And she's wonderful. Yes. She's worked at Nine News yes. and has gone on to do great things working for ABC. Yes, so. yes. awesome, awesome. So you've uh, received awards. You even won an Emmy Award. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the first segment, you were talking about reporting on some of the political stories. And that was your, your first Emmy was around uh, political Political reporting, reporting wow. yes. When um, Barack Obama came to town, mm-hmm. then came candidate mm-hmm. Obama and the excitement that was surrounding that and um, how so many people just got engaged mm-hmm. in politics from a personal perspective because they felt like they knew him uh, and you know this was earlier mm-hmm. in the campaign before it even got a fever pitch for his first mm-hmm. um, election so it was really exciting and it's just to, to be in the city with the buzz for people thinking that they see him or right. why mm-hmm. they want to see him and seeing so many young people mm-hmm. who were engaged at that time too that was a really fun exciting story for yeah. me to do and I'm you never think you'll say that about a political story yes, but yes. it was it was too wow wow mm-hmm. and so what were some of the other stories that won you different awards or that really um, caught attention. I remember you reported on one of the um, beauty pageant contestants and through the interview it came out that she happened to be homeless. That that came out, this was Miss Colorado USA, Blair Mm -hmm. Griffith. And it was a number of years ago, and I was just looking for stories. We're always looking for stories. And I saw there was a new Miss Colorado USA, and I saw her, and she was African-American. I said, I wonder if this is the first African-American Miss Colorado USA. Mm. Looked it up. She wasn't. But I said, let me give her a call and see if there's any interesting story there that we might be able to do. And so as we're talking about maybe meeting up, she says, well, you know, maybe I'll meet you at a friend's house. Like, um, you know, we kind of don't have a place. And I said, what do you mean you don't have a place? She goes, well, my mom and I are kind of homeless right Right. now. We're just staying on friends' couches or in their extra bedrooms, that type of thing. And that right there was a story. And it took a little convincing because she actually didn't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And that's really understandable. And she was surprised that I was interested in that. But I said... Blair, this is your story. Miss Colorado USA, A, the, the economy was, mm-hmm. was really bad at the time. This is the time where we were in the recession and so many people had lost their jobs, health care, or having one health care bill come up unexpectedly was ruining so many people. And that's what happened to our mother mm-hmm. um, and our, the death of our father happened as well. Just a number of circumstances where they found themselves homeless. And I convinced her to do that interview. And um, 
we, we always tell stories from I, what I believe is a, is a sensitive place because it's always very personal for me if I'm going to go and spend my time with mm. you and, and talk to you and ask you these questions. I'm going personal to treat you the right way. It's yeah. personal. It's mm -hmm. very personal. So that's how the story came off. And my phone was ringing like you wouldn't believe right after with all these national mm. networks and international. Mm. And it just blew up. She started doing interviews for NBC, ABC, Inside wow. Edition, um, shows in Europe and Japan. Wow. All these places wanted to do Skype interviews and talk to her. And this was even before she made it to the Miss USA pageant. Now, mm -hmm. she didn't get like to the top of the Miss USA pageant, which was fine because that wasn't part of her story. She had already made such an impact. She ended up doing an ad for a, a jewelry company, reached out to her and her mother for Mother's Day, wow. national magazines for that. Will Smith wrote her a letter saying, wow keep on you're such an inspiration and now you can see her because she started a modeling career wow. after she moved to New York area and you can see her on QVC wow. which little known fact I watch nonstop ah. it's the one stress-free free program that I can turn on but she models on that show all the time wow. so I still communicate with her and with her mom and I'm so proud of yeah. her because she really did show that you know, you can work your way through things. There's no shame in circumstances that, that happen to you, and you can inspire people with, without even knowing. Absolutely, and I think where we're willing to be vulnerable and transparent is where we'll end up having the most power to influence others and for other people to be able to relate who might be hiding in shame themselves with a similar or even different issue that our willingness to pull back the veil and, and be transparent really encourages other people and, and has such a greater impact, I think. It does. And, and she was even surprised by that impact. Mm -hmm. So I think once she saw her power, yeah. she went, wow, wow, I'm going to do something with yeah. this. And she spoke to so many groups of kids and they varied, you know, from kids who were and higher socioeconomic statuses to kids who were low income and said, wait a minute, this beautiful woman with a crown on her head who graduated, graduated summa cum laude mm. is homeless? Wow. And, and she's still doing all of this? And it, she just inspired so many yeah. children and adults, and I'm so proud of yeah, her. Yeah, that's I feel awesome. like a mom. I'm so yeah. proud of and her. Yeah, and so how <laughs> often does that happen, that a story that you covered or a story that you broke or a story that you investigated and kept digging and kind of looked for that, that angle that maybe wasn't immediately apparent, how often does that come out? where it, it really is groundbreaking and yeah. really has a greater impact. More often than you think, mm. especially in the Denver market and Nine News specifically, there are so many stories that we do that national outlets pick up on because mm. we just tell great human interest mm -hmm. stories. And mm -hmm. at the end of the day, that's what people want. I did some of my favorite um, stories that I've done have come recently in a series that I created called Recovery Week, mm -hmm. where we profile people who were in recovery from addiction, whether that be them being new to recovery or being in recovery for 20 years. Mm -hmm. um, people who were old, young, all races, and just showing like recovery is possible. You can do this and mm -hmm. sharing these inspiring stories. And one of them was a radio DJ mm -hmm. uh, here in Denver. Like not, not me. Long. Not no. you, not you. <laughs> but um, he had an amazing story where he talked about being addicted to alcohol, mm. talked about running to the liquor store in commercial breaks. Wow. And seven minutes being able to get to that store, wow. get a couple of shooters, down him, and get back on the air. He was just that hook. Wow. 
So for him being that vulnerable and telling that story, and, and he became really emo. He was a very mm. emotional person. Um, once he got into that recovery, he got in touch with his emotions mm -hmm. more. And his story was just so beautiful. Mm. It was just beautiful to see that vulnerability and that determination where he's mm. determined to be clean, that that story then picked up on Facebook and they did a shorter video of it. And I don't even know how many hundreds of thousands mm. of views he got on that. And he said, wow. people contact him from Alaska, from Alabama, from everywhere, because they'll see his name on this little wow. Facebook story, the little, you know, cute little videos that you yeah. see that are like a minute long. That story got condensed into that. And he mm. has heard from people across the country since saying, wow, you inspire me. Mm -hmm. Can you help me too? Yeah. And, and he's up for that. Yeah. I love that. I love when stories do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what, what would be some of your other favorite stories, Ooh, most memorable stories? Storming yeah. on this. It's hard. One that stands out is uh, the story of Addison and Bella. And there were two little kids who had acute lymphoblastic leukemia. Mm -hmm and they happened to meet in the hospital at children's hospital and it was like these two little kids who were like i don't know six and seven when they met were like soulmates <laughs> like it was unbelievable they had a little a little fake wedding in the oh. hospital and everything <laughs> and they just loved each other so much that they supported each other through this and they said i i love him i love her mm. she's my best friend he's my best friend and to see both of them get into remission mm. that was incredible and that was years of, of following them yeah and seeing and that was just really inspiring mm -hmm. I, I love that story yeah. um uh, i love a story that i was reminded of a couple of days ago that i did on you know when you're driving by a church and they have like a really clever sign yeah, yeah. one of my photojournalists <laughs> kept noticing that at one particular church and he said do you want to do a story on this? And I said, yes, let's that, call it Divine Signs. No, it wasn't Byron, it was okay. Manny Sotelo, okay. who's been with Nine News for years and years. Yeah. But he noticed that and I said, let's divine do a signs. Divine Signs yeah. story. Yeah. And you know what, that story, I don't think it got a ton of traction, mm -hmm. but we were so satisfied with it and it was so great. Um, it also didn't get a ton of, um, you know, dissents from people who didn't like it because nowadays anymore, you don't know when you bring up something mm -hmm. that has a religious context to it. So many people may say, oh, or are you trying to preach to right, me? Or right. I don't appreciate this. And we didn't get any of that mm. with that story. So I think people got the message that we were we were talking about these churches and how they use this as an outlet mm -hmm. and how it's brought people in who wouldn't normally come in. Mm -hmm. And I love that for some reason. That story just really stuck out yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. Well, last time I had you on, we talked a lot about covering traumatic stories mm -hmm. and how that can affect even you personally, not to mention the, the survivors and victims of the tragedy. And you said one story that really impacted you and really shook you to your core, in particular because you're a mother, was the disappearance and subsequent murder of Jessica Ridgeway, yes. who was a little girl walking home from school and was abducted and horrible things happened to her and she was killed. And that was one story that you covered in the courthouse. And mm -hmm. so had to look at a lot of the graphic evidence and hear the graphic testimony and how that one really shook you to your it, core. It was, and I, that's still the note that I have about some of the story or one of the stories that was the saddest. Mm -hmm. um, and that is just, I think people don't realize for as bad as some of the stuff is that we report on on TV, there are things that are 10 times worse that we don't say mm -hmm. on TV. So that mm -hmm. I just don't like it when people think we feed off of tragedy because it hurts so bad to be in that courtroom and to see pictures and to hear these mm -hmm. accounts of this sweet little girl mm -hmm. who didn't do anything to right. anybody. Right. 
and this happened to her and you think you know you're thinking about as a mom you're thinking about when you were a kid too you're thinking about your kids all these things are running through your mind and that's just the saddest because mm -hmm. I think the search for her we were all kind of hoping maybe they that they would find her yes. I remember that morning when they said there's a break they found something and when we found out where it was in the middle of a field mm -hmm. and we knew yeah, like, that was good. not gonna happen and I think any case involving children being mistreated and killed I think about a case out of Boulder where it was a baby a baby mm. and his mother and father were accused of abusing him and killing him and you know having to be there and see photos mm -hmm. and hear what happened to this little baby those are those are the saddest stories to me anything that involves a parent losing a child anyone losing a loved one because I know what that's like mm -hmm. to lose someone you love very very suddenly mm -hmm. and I, trust me, meeting people on the worst day of their lives is no fun at right. all, and right. we absorb that. And I just, I just hate to see anybody experiencing that sorrow mm -hmm. of loss because I know what it feels like. And, you, and you've covered your own loss. You lost your brother, mm -hmm. and he was um, a military. Um, yeah, he was an Apache helicopter mm -hmm. pilot, our U.S. Army veteran, mm -hmm. and that was something that it took me almost ten years mm -hmm. to share his story. Mm -hmm. Um, and I thought about it for Memorial Day one year, and I said, mm, I'm not ready. Let's put it on the back burner. Mm -hmm. Then that next year, it was right back in my head. And I felt like, you know, maybe he was putting it in my head. And I thought, well, I'm not going to commit to doing anything, but let me just sit at my desk and write. Mm -hmm. And I wrote and wrote and wrote. And I wasn't convinced until I told my assistant news director, hey, I wrote something. Would you be interested in me sharing this on TV and he said absolutely no time limit which is you mm, never hear that you don't in TV hear that, yeah. ever you know whatever mm. whatever platform you want to share it on and it was really really hard I did that when I thought about doing it live but I knew I wouldn't get through it mm. if I did it live so mm -hmm. I did it on tape with Byron Reed a photojournalist um, and reporter for nine news and he was really great and and sensitive with that and gave me the time that I needed the time that I try to give other people that mm -hmm. they meet when I'm interviewing them and I know it's difficult and that I'm really really proud of that story because it took so long to step into mm -hmm. that message but when I did there were people like it was hundreds of people who reached yes. out and yes. and now still to this day people still still stop and talk to me about that story and want to talk about my brother and now it makes me proud that mm -hmm. I can talk about him and, and feel that way but mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really proud of doing that and now doing more for military communities here in Colorado and you know I had a conversation with a manager at Nine News saying hey we need to step up mm -hmm. and do more for Gold Star families military families and that's something that has happened so I'm happy about that yes and by um, telling that story I'm sure you receive some healing uh, as well and it keeps his memory and his legacy alive I definitely think so I wasn't expecting that yes. but that's exactly what happened yes awesome well I'm speaking with Taronda Thomas and she's an award-winning journalist and news anchor at Denver's Nine News and she is leaving Denver heading off to the East Coast to Philadelphia and she will be missed but we're uh, having a lot of fun here with uh, uh, learning more about 
um, her experiences with the news, the, the good stories and the sad stories. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, it's great to reminisce and, and look back and kind of recount your career here in Denver and, uh, and lessons learned as yes. well. Yeah. What were some of the most unbelievable things that you've reported on? Like you might've been saying to yourself, I can't believe this is happening right now. Now I will say I've seen you at, um, the Denver Dumb's Fr Dumb Friends League with the cats climbing all over oh the place. Oh my gosh, and I I'm couldn't thinking, believe oh, that. I can't yeah. believe there's all those cats climbing You know around. why I couldn't believe it? Because I'm allergic to cats. I remember you saying that. I was like <laughs> to my producer, you're trying to kill me today. Didn't I tell you I was allergic? But yeah, stories like that. Um, like I got on this huge bowl too for the, what was it? For the stock show, yeah. And it was like, a, I don't even oh, know. Bowl, okay. yeah. I don't even know how big it was, but it was like the the horns were. Oh gosh. It had like a like eleven foot, you know, wingspan just with horns. <laughs> it was incredible. So doing that and those unbelievable things. I think when I see people do amazing things like mm. climbing all the fourteeners mm -hmm. and you know kids who do crazy things in there or they're musicians or entrepreneurs and their kids. That's what I think is amazing. Like even more so than, than the wacky stuff <laughs> they'll have me do sometimes where I'm like, I've, I've like spun from, you know, like the fabric, like Cirque du Soleil style. Oh, wow. That and was I saw fun. You on a roller coaster or something. Yes, we did something <laughs> that was like the star flyer. And I, I was like, okay, guys, I can't even do a merry-go-round now because <laughs> I, it's just not in me. So when I got on that, I'm like, this this might end up being a YouTube moment uh -oh. in a bad way. <laughs> in a bad way. You might go viral for being <laughs> one of those uh, uh, roller coaster yes. videos where they go through every range of emotion. I just saw one the other day where people, you think the comments are actually funnier than the video. And they were saying, you know, she kept saying, we're going to die, we're going to die. And they were like, yeah, she died three times and came back to life and her friend didn't even realize it just so, gone that yeah. was like when we were on the um terror dactyl in manitou terror. springs terror <laughs> it drops you off of a cliff and that is legit the closest i've ever come to crying on tv <laughs> like as we were leaning forward to get dropped i like the tears were about to come out and one of my coworkers has pictures steve stager he's my co-anchor and he has pictures on his facebook page and i'm like <laughs> Yep, that's how it's feeling. Yeah, that's it. yeah, yeah. Well, we're we're close to tears, knowing that you're leaving Denver. I'm speaking with Taronda Thomas with Denver's Nine News. And when we come back, we'll take a behind-the-scenes look of reporting the news with Taronda Thomas. Stay with us. This is Living Well with Dr. Peg. I'm your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell Clark. We'll be back. Schools are increasingly adopting 21st century learning strategies. However, safety largely remains absent from the conversation and fragmented efforts continue allowing for security gaps. Studies show effective learning can only exist when students and teachers feel safe. As the industry leader providing innovative educational solutions for more than 58 years, School Specialty has created the 21st Century Safe School, which aligns next generation learning best practices with proven safety solutions focused on the mental, physical, and emotional well-being of every student, teacher, and school employee. From early childhood solutions to advanced training for teachers and administrators, the 21st Century Safe School is the most complete and comprehensive approach available to schools and universities. As a parent, you have every right to demand that your child is afforded the safest environment. Take action today by calling us at 877-878-5800 and learn more about this innovative approach at SSIGuardian.com. 
Hi, I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Do you ever make changes, but after a few days, weeks, or even months, you slip back into your old behaviors and patterns? If you want something different, you've got to do something different. Yet most people won't do what's required to experience the lasting change they say they want. Why? Because change is hard, it's scary, and it comes at a cost. If you're ready for change, join me for a one-day, do something different for a change, personal transformation retreat. In this intensive yet intimate retreat, you'll learn fundamental principles and strategies for lasting change and transformation and craft a customized plan that you can put into action right away. Contact me today to schedule your own private VIP, do something different for a change, personal transformation retreat. Go to drpegradio.com retreat. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us. I'm your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. This is Living Well with Dr. Peg. And I've got Taronda Thomas, who is uh, an anchor and reporter with Denver's Nine News, and she is sadly leaving town. Taronda, how can we stay in touch with you? Can we still plug into your social media? Yes, I'll still be on Facebook. So Taronda Thomas. I have two pages I operate there and on Twitter at Taronda Thomas. So I'll definitely stay in touch and let people know about the next moves on there. Yes, yes. We'll love to follow you. And if listeners want to uh, connect through my website, I'll have links back to Taronda Thomas's social media. Just go to drpegradio.com. And if you'd like to share this interview with a friend, uh, feel free to go to drpegradio.com for the program archives as well. Well, Taronda, um, just so much fun always um, spending time with you. Um, just you have a great sense of humor and just Thank are you. one of the kindest, just sweetest, most pleasant Thank people. You. And I always tell you just how smart you are, too, of, Gosh, of just um, just a, a delight to have been able to work with you here in Denver. When we, we did Nine News together, I was on a panel that you yes. produced called Ask the Experts. You always gave yeah. great, <laughs> honest opinions. You were not <laughs> afraid to say what was on your mind. And I love that. And people love that segment. Mm-hmm. They like hearing like a very empowered opinion and going yeah yeah that's what I think too or I disagree yes. but I like how she said that and it's okay to disagree it totally I, that's what is. it's all about is we get so entrenched in our own points of view and we don't always uh, take in other information mm-hmm. that does, that's not consistent with, with what we already believe and we just seek information that confirms our opinions instead of seeking information that really better informs exactly. us exactly do you remember though another segment that we did before experts came about when I brought you to my messy desk. Yes, for <laughs> National Procrastination Day or yes. something like that. Yes. I mean, be honest, did it just terrify you? To <laughs> no, see? not really. I think the after was really good, though. You nice did a really impressive. good job with it. I've been maintaining. Very I'm proud good. to say so it hasn't like gotten that bad. intervention worked, right? <laughs> Dr. Pegg saved me. So, I can be on your commercials. Yes, no more procrastination. <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that with a testimonial from you. Well, let's talk about uh, things that people don't really know about reporting the news and what really happens behind the scenes and mm-hmm. you know some people might think um, uh, they'll what do they call them teleprompter jockeys or whatever oh you're, yeah yeah, you're yeah just reading the teleprompter but it's so much more than than reading you're you're writing these stories you're producing you're investigating these stories yeah it's people not have no idea how much how much back work and mm-hmm, footwork mm-hmm. we do um, on the, the front end of that so when I get in before if I'm anchoring I'm reading every single story before and on the weekends when I'm on the weekend morning show I write a lot of those Mm. stories too because I want to be able to fact check I want to be able to make it conversational Mm -hmm. and you know you write the way that you speak so someone can't always write for you and have it come out naturally so it's best to do it yourself and and to be informed it's like you have to 
know what's going on and you have to be able to compare that really quickly to mm -hmm. say and the knowledge is is varied like just last weekend a producer wrote oh the rockies won on a grand slam and then i read the script the script and it says you know uh, um RBI three runs and I said that's not a grand slam oh, yeah, yeah. so mm -hmm. little things like that because teeny things can chip away at your credibility oh, so sure. you always have to read things first and write write them we do a lot of writing mm -hmm. and if it's a story we're coming up with the ideas we're making the phone calls we're going out and doing the interviews there's no field crew that goes for yeah, us yeah. we go and do it all ourselves and I do a lot of editing too I know mm -hmm. how to edit so if our photographers might be a little bit swamped with other things happening I can get out there and I can mm -hmm. edit. I can shoot too. People know I used to be oh. a photographer. I used to shoot for other reporters wow. in Colorado Springs. So I can produce too. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of work that goes into it before we get yeah. on TV. Well, if you want me to edit everything you just said and post it on your LinkedIn. Yes, uh, have it ready. If, anybody, if anybody's looking to they steal you away. Look at all those skills <laughs> From she the has. Philadelphia market, I've got the video uh, interview right here. <laughs> the video uh, resume, right? I love it. That's awesome. Uh, so um, Nine News has a tip line uh -huh. that people can just call in. So you're saying you come up with a lot of story ideas and you'll go out there, you'll write them, you'll do the investigation, even maybe the editing uh, behind it. Uh, but you get tips as well from, from just the public, right? Yes. Now we get some really good tips. Yes. A lot of them come in via email. Some people call. Because I've even emailed you, hey, I know this person, this is going on. Do you think you can exactly. cover this story? And but those you, are really good tips. You probably are getting thousands. I oh gosh, it's like definitely per day. It's hundreds of them mm -hmm. per day so it's hard to get to all of them yeah um but um, sometimes the tips we get are quite interesting yeah talk about those um, whether they've aired or not and probably more yeah, often than not they don't they air. don't <laughs> and, and you know people think that we just answer the phone and they say oh there's you know a, a big situation happening over at this intersection and that we just put it on the air right away <laughs> we don't do that okay we go and verify things we call or we put eyes on it ourselves because sometimes people do call and fake tips too, oh, okay. to try to get you and, and uh, try to make it really you know very uh, salacious and sensational so that you'll be the first to want to report it and jump on right away but we have to verify everything no matter how you could tell us that the governor is dancing in the middle of Civic Center Park with his hair on fire and a two-piece swimsuit we got to go see it first before we tell people that right. that's happening and that would be really awesome <laughs> Real awesome very, story. Very, very eye-catching. Only in Denver. <laughs> Only in Denver. But, um, you know, the, the news tips that come in during my hours via phone at like 3 a.m. are mm. interesting, let's say, to say the least. Um, quite a few people on Saturday and Sunday morning at 3 a.m. may have imbibed yes. a bit. Um, some of them calling about <laughs> microchips being implanted Ooh. in their heads wow. by beings that are not of this earth mm. we're like okay that's interesting but not newsworthy no and some people you know <laughs> some people we've we've actually said have you talked to somebody mm. before because sometimes it seems like there may be another element mm -hmm. happening or they might be unstable mm -hmm. um, then other people might call because they're mad at their friends she took my whatever and didn't give it back and that's illegal it's stealing well have you called the police no, we called you first. Right, right. We want you to be able to get the scoop. Right? I'm glad you think of us first, but yeah, but lots of um, we got a, quite a few UFO calls mm. with some stuff like that. Wow. But um, yeah.
It's it's interesting. At 3 a.m., you're going to get some some craziness. And just, I, again, going back on the topic of people being upset, you'll be shocked at the number of people who call and just start yelling mm. at, you know, whatever time of day. But 3 a.m., that seems mm. to be a prime time call. And it's just like, hey, we'll listen to you if you just don't yell mm. and curse. If you just want to talk to somebody, mm. all right, we're here. But... Yeah, it can get a little weird on the wow. weekend morning shift. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, what would be some uh, bloopers or fun slip-ups? Because you guys, on Gosh. when you were on the uh, weekday, or and still are on the uh -huh. weekday mornings, um, you would have on Fridays the crazy yeah. clips from we the We do it on the weekends, week. too. Oh, we show it on okay. Sunday mornings. Okay. We show some of the fun things that happen, um, whether that's on purpose or not on purpose. Right, right. Um, I think about one that didn't make it to the blooper because mm -hmm. it's like a real-life blooper. When we were talking about, oh, some, you know, fun field trip. And I said, you know, my co-anchor said, oh, we like to have fun. And I was supposed to say, yeah, like, heck, yeah. <laughs> I just said, like, don't say it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Another H. Yeah. And I went, oh, my gosh. I didn't, I didn't mean to say that. And immediately, like, my charm school teacher came into my head, Miss Calloway. She said, bad habits will betray you, so you shouldn't use bad words. And I'm like, she's totally right. Yesterday, I had a blooper just yesterday. I wasn't ready when it was time for me to go on air. I thought there was another segment before me, and I was trying to write really quickly. And right when Gary Shapiro said my name, you could see me, like, uh, sitting down in the chair and sliding over <laughs> to be in there really quickly and trying to breathe and catch my breath really fast. Th those are the worst when you're not in place when right, you're supposed to right. be. And you can't run. Like, if, if you need me in the studio in 30 seconds, I'm going to do my best to get there fast, but I can't run there because if I do... I'll be out of breath. Out of breath, yeah. And, and perspiring. That's even and, worse right. to try to get through two minutes of reporting when you can't breathe. Right, So right. those are, oh, I, I hate that when that happens. I hate <laughs> it when you just lose that track of time. Right, right. Well, I'll sometimes um, not realize the on-air sign is on, and I think I'm still muted. So oh, no. I haven't said anything bad. I just, the mute. Yes. <laughs> We're very conscientious of our microphones. Yes, you have to, to the, assume they're always yeah, on, right? to the point where even when I'm in my car, and I might say some choice words. I, I tap my chest to feel if I have a microphone on because it's automatic right, that I right. feel like I always have one on. So, yes. again, Mrs. Calloway, thank you. Yes, well, my and last um, uh, <laughs> workshop that I facilitated, they usually put those lavalier mic mics on like what uh -huh. you use. And um, I'm always so paranoid that when I go to the ladies' room, yes. that they won't have actually turned it off for me. So this last time I, I um, was doing a workshop, I actually asked for a handheld mic because it's yes. just like my worst fear Very that smart. it would be turned off Didn't so I can just put the it mic down. Like an anchor from CNN a few years ago who her mic was up while she was in the ladies' room and she happened to be talking about her mother-in-law, oh, I believe, no. and her disdain for her oh, mother-in-law. No. And I said, now, wait a minute. As long as that conversation was up on air, her audio guy may not should. like her. <laughs> he yeah, he should have known going. to turn that off, right? Oh, man. Oh, so, gosh. yeah. Well, speaking of those mics being clipped on, I got the best um, helpful wardrobe hack from you once at Nine News. Um, you uh, didn't have on a waistband. You weren't wearing slacks. You didn't have on a belt. Mm -hmm. And so you had nowhere to clip your mic, your mm -hmm. you know the mic pack. And so you had it hooked to your boot. You were yes. wearing t uh, tall boots, knee-high boot boots, and clipped it on the boot. So I actually have borrowed that hack in the past. That's amazing. Yes, See, yes. you've got it. You saw the inside scoop. Yes, yes. Sometimes we'll use like those um, Velcro kind of 
bandages. That's all. That's the best word I can think of. That like they use to secure bandage? things. Yeah, and put them around oh. our calves because if you're, you know, summertime, you're wearing heels or sandals. You're not. You don't have the right. boots. Put that around that's your calf one. and then clip the mic yeah. onto that. So that's a little hack. As long as they're shooting waist up. Yes. You don't want that. Yeah, you don't want it to show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Otherwise, you can put, like put on your dress or something. But that's really uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> but some other um, hacks or little like rules to live by. Always have a safety pin. Oh, always. Okay. I fixed one of our reporters' dresses yesterday because she didn't have a safety pin, and I'm like, I got you. Always have a safety <laughs> pin. Let me just because it just kind of split in exactly oh, the wrong place. Right, right. So I'm like, I got it's it. Safe. Always have that yes. safety pin with you. And we um, we always have. Maybe people don't know this either. What we call go bags. Mm. So I might come in in you know a skirt and heels and all dressed up with jewelry. But at my desk, I've got a bag with sneakers, mm. jeans, polo shirt, jacket, scarf, snow boots, rain mm. boots, hat. Gloves, and that could be August, August in Denver. That Anytime. might all come in exactly. handy. Exactly. <laughs> so that you can just grab it and go. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might end up, if there's a breaking story that is ongoing, you could end up staying past your normal you time could. and even need a change of clothes. Or when the weather changes abruptly or they send you out, you thought you were going to be at the desk, but now you're out with the yeah. cats at the exactly. <laughs> Dumb Friends League. You don't want to be in your heels and a dress no. doing that kind of thing. So That's depending exactly what, right. what what happens in the news cycle, you might need to yeah. have different you equipment. have to be ready for anything. And mm-hmm. I after so many years in the business i don't think it's practical anymore for me to wear dresses when i'm reporting outside dresses and heels like i want to be able to move Mm -hmm. and be comfortable so now you know i make sure i always have slacks or jeans or something with me some flat shoes you know i'll wear i wear my little four inch heels when i'm in the studio and can tiptoe around (laughs) but no outside at the scene of a fire if i can Mm. help it yeah just don't another thing let's see all reporters women if we wear lashes mm. always have some lash glue with you oh yeah that's what i learned the hard way after having one eyelash on yes, tv yes. well <laughs> the very first away. time i ever wore uh, false eyelashes for a big event one of them started coming off oh. and fortunately the event was where it was one of the battalions or something so they were they had stuff for the girls oh good so i was able to ask someone can you help me put my See? so i haven't worn them again since it's, it's well, so maybe much at my maintenance wedding, yeah, it's yeah. just too much maintenance and let's talk about that and again listeners this is taronda thomas denver's nine news uh, anchor and award-winning journalist she's heading out of town leaving denver for philadelphia so we're saying goodbye to her and uh Let's talk about being a woman, because uh, this has actually been a news story where there was a man who did an experiment, and he wore the exact same suit every day for a year to see if anyone noticed, and no one did. No. But when women are on the news, very often the comments on social media or what have you are about what they look like, what they're wearing. Um, talk about that, being a it's woman in the news. absolutely true. I mean, I re- remember reading one study looking at the amount of feedback that women get versus men in news, and I think it's three times more feedback, be it negative or positive, but most of that feedback concerned their appearance, mm. whether it's their makeup, their hair, their jewelry, their dresses, or even their someone size. liking it or not liking it, their size as well. Mm-hmm. I'm a member of one group that, you know, we interact, and it's for women in TV news, and some of the things that, that they've shared, you know, after, say, having a baby and someone saying, wow, you still mm. are big. Mm. And it's it's unfortunate that people feel like they can say things like that. And I don't know if maybe they think they are being nice, possibly. Mm. I, I like to think that people try to be nice, um, but 
you get some feedback that kind of stuns you and, and sets you back, especially when people comment about size, body image. I say you never know what types of issues someone mm -hmm. may be struggling with. And so for you to give a comment or, gosh, everybody always thinks we're pregnant too. Like show one little, gosh. you know, poke of the belly. And it's a, one particular person I can think of. She every time it, like just one little turn to the side someone would say oh are you having a baby and no she's not but we're normal right we, like that's the thing i think people forget that we're not going to have every hair in place all the time um and this is why i prefer radio but you know i've been doing facebook <laughs> oh, live lately you, so you're I'm amazing back, on i'm back TV. on camera but that's why i like radio you yeah. can read your notes and you don't have to have every hair in yeah, place and it's people not will really just see what you have to say exactly. what do you think not that unrealistic expectation i remember battling with a consultant early on in my career who was telling me how i should look and things that i should do differently and i thought i, I said to him well this doesn't matter what i have to say is what matters and he said unfortunately it's going to matter to the people who are watching so mm. you know piling on the makeup and doing the hair and that type of thing i look at it now as a neutralizer so that i'm, I'm neutralizing my look so that there are fewer distractions mm. for you so if i'm just polished and professional hopefully you won't look at anything else my earrings aren't too big right, or right. the color isn't too bright hopefully you'll just listen mm -hmm. to what i have to say but i think it's a shame that we still have to be looked at primarily in the very beginning from so many people for what we look like mm -hmm. because we have so much more to say absolutely well taronda what are you going to miss most uh, we have about a minute left i'll give you the last word what, yes. what are you going to miss most about denver and and denver's nine news i'm going to miss the colleagues that i'm closest to the people who've been there from day one i'm going to miss being challenged in the newsroom by really smart people um, and being encouraged in denver and colorado in general i'm going to miss the mountains yeah mm -hmm. i'm going to miss the sunsets and the sunrises. I've seen the sunrises for seven years here working the morning show and sunsets for all the previous years working in the afternoons and evenings. So and I'm just going to miss the people, how people were kind of from everywhere here. It was so peaceful. Colorado, I think, is a very peaceful place. And I'm going to miss that a lot. Yes. And you will be missed. I'll miss you in particular. I'll One miss of my you too, Dr. favorite Peg. people in Denver. Thanks so much, Taronda Thomas, for being with me today. Thank you, Dr. Pegg. And listeners, uh, thanks for tuning in. We're here every Thursday at 1 on KLZ 560. My guest has been Taronda Thomas, and I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, reminding you to live well. We hope you've enjoyed this presentation of Living Well with Dr. Pegg. For more information or to contact Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark about her mental health or consulting services, please visit her webpage at drpegradio.com.